0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, the 7 a.m. meeting. My name is Monica T, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater back in Florida. And today is Monday, September 17th, 2018. This is the 7 a.m. meeting. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Two Wives, And we are on page 114. We will be beginning with the third paragraph that says, But sometimes you must start life anew. We are reading through seven paragraphs, which ends on page 116, which led to the discovery of God. Comments will be taken on all of this. And today's readers are, the 12 Steps, Roz G. The 12 Traditions, Martha M. Our text readers are Craig F., Martha Z., Allison Z. Our newcomer greeter today is Lynn F. The host for the second hour is Rebecca F. And the share ID for yesterday, Sunday, September 16, 2018, is one one. 11, 920. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Roz G to read the 12 steps for
1: us, please.
2: Roz, we can't hear you.
0: Star one to unmute, please.
3: Good morning. This is Roz G. Here are the 12 steps. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Roz G., And I will now ask Martha M. to read the 12 Traditions of OA for us, please.
2: Good morning, Monica. This is Martha M. I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern three the only requirement for oa membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively four each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or oa as a whole five each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers six Radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Martha M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two or seven, like today, from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, and I will be timing. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book. We are in the chapter Two Wives. We are starting on page 114, paragraph 3, which starts, But sometimes you must start life anew. We are reading through seven paragraphs, ending on page 116 with, at the end of that paragraph, which says, "which led to the discovery of God," which is the the first full paragraph on page 116, is where we will be ending. Um, okay, and with that, I am going to ask Craig F. if he would read for us, please.
1: Good morning. Thank you. Uh, this is Craig F., recovered compulsive overreader in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Um, I'm assuming I'm being heard. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Uh, But sometimes you must start life anew. We know women who have done it. If such women adopt a spiritual way of life, their road will be smoother. If your husband is a drinker, you probably worry over what other people are thinking, and you hate to meet your friends. You draw more and more into yourself, and you think everyone is talking about conditions at your home. You avoid the subject of drinking, even with your own parents. You do not know what you to tell the children. When your husband is bad, you become a trembling re- recluse, wishing the telephone had never been invented. We find that most of this embarrassment is unnecessary. When you, uh, While you need not discuss your husband at length, You can quietly let your friends know the nature of his illness, but you must be on guard not to embarrass or harm your husband. When you have carefully explained to such people that he is a sick person, you will have created a new atmosphere. The barriers which have sprung up between you and your friends will disappear with the growth of sympathetic understanding. You will no longer be self-conscious or feel you must apologize as though your husband were a weak character he may be anything but that your new courage good nature and lack of self-consciousness will do wonders for you socially the same principle applies in dealing with the children unless they actually need protection from their father it is best not to take sides in any argument he has with them while drinking use your energy to promote a better understanding all around tell them uh then that terrible tension which grips the home of every problem drinker, will be lessened. Frequently, you have been obliged to tell your husband's employer and his friends that he is sick when, as a matter of fact, he was tight. Avoid answering these inquiries as much as you can. Whenever possible, let your husband explain. Your desire to protect him should not cause you to lie to people when they have a right to know where he is and what he is doing. Discuss this with him when he is sober and in good spirits. Ask him what you should do if he places you in such a position again. Be careful not to be resentful about the last time he did so. There is another paralyzing fear. You may be afraid your husband will lose his position. You are thinking of the disgrace and hard times which will befall you and the children. This experience may come to you, or you may already have had it several times. Should it happen again, Regard it in a different light. Maybe it will prove a blessing. It may convince your husband he wants to stop drinking forever. And now you know that he can stop if he will. Time after time, this apparent calamity has been a boon to us, for it opened up a path which led to the discovery of God. Okay, a lot here. Um, I am going to relate... to the middle of this first Um, the uh, uh, I I was raised by my mother uh, uh, had grown up in an alcoholic home uh, with a a large family and very poor Um, my grandfather uh, died uh, fairly young for a man that fathered 16 children and maybe that's what got him, but no, I think it was the alcohol but um she uh was very practiced at this idea of uh uh keeping people from knowing what was going on you know the the uh uh, uh idea that uh, uh, you know you protect the reputation you you don't talk about it, you don't talk about family business outside of family uh, you know the message that I got was when I went out was uh, uh, don't bring embarrassment to the family it wasn't don't get in trouble it wasn't behave yourself it was don't don't embarrass us you know um, and so this whole idea of holding out a uh, an image that is different than what is there um was uh, kind of ingrained in me and uh, it it had to be that that had to be uh, shattered as part of my my own recovery you know the idea that that I held out uh, uh, a false face that I don't let people see my uh, emotions my feelings my problems you know I don't ask for help because it's more important to to look good than feel good as the Line from the old TV show said. Um, But uh, anyway, this uh, whole center section, or this whole book was written, of course, uh, in a time when most of the alcoholics were men. uh, uh, The overwhelming majority were written by a man to a wife, and not to, uh, you know, uh, not to. I guess they should add a chapter today called To the Husbands. Uh, maybe balance this out but uh anyway they uh uh the idea was, is to i think the idea that he's trying to put across here is that uh we have to drop we have to drop the mask you know just be who you are and uh uh you know your husband has a disease and uh you know, I have to drop my mask as well. But what I really want to focus in on is the first and the last paragraph. Uh, that, that bracket this. Um, it says, "If such a woman." In the first paragraph, it says, "If such a woman, if such women adopt a spiritual way of life, their road will be smoother." And and it ends with uh, uh, the paragraph that tells us that. Uh, that this all may be worth it if your husband um uh can find God um time after time this apparent calamity has been a boon to us for it opened up a path which led to the discovery of god and and that put, brings me to um the the idea that the most that what we're here for. You know, we, we sometimes lose track of this. You know, that that I I'm uh, uh, abstinence isn't the final goal. Uh, weight loss here isn't the goal uh, in this program. the The goal is that this relationship with God. The goal is to get the food and the and and everything else out of the way of my relationship with a power greater than myself. You know, that's the purpose of this book, that's the purpose of, of this program. And and that what we go through, what we've had to experience, uh is is worth it. It says maybe worth it, but uh it's worth it if it opens up a path which leads to the discovery of God. And uh with that I'm gonna pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Craig, for getting us started. That was a lot of paragraphs there. Thank you so much. All right. Who else would like to share this morning? Katie G. from Boston. Katie. Melissa C. Melissa. Lisa B. Lisa. You guys are being nice to me here this morning. Who else would like to share this morning? Uh, All right. Candace say, B. from the U.K. Say that again, please. Candace B. from the U.K. Candace. Mm-hmm. B. Okay. Cam R. from Colorado. Okay. All right.
4: Najia F.
0: Najia. Okay. Well, F, I think you said. F, yes. Okay, we'll stop there. This is what I've got. Katie G., Melissa C., Lisa B., Candace B., Pam R., Najia S., and Katie, would you get us started?
5: Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and and love all this um, information. The first thing that really struck me is the piece about worrying about what other people are thinking and hating to meet my friends and thinking everyone's thinking about me and i remember in my fourth step um, my sponsor pointing out to me um, for the first time self-centered fear and i didn't understand it i didn't like it didn't cognitively work for me but this is a great example, like, um, I may not be much, but I'm all I think about. So I think that you all think about me all the time, and I think that you think about what I'm doing and what I'm saying, because all I can think about is my myself, right, until I'm tethered to God and I realize I'm not that important. Um, and I use that as justification to hide from other people. Um, and I also think that this offers me beautiful truths on how to honor my husband, right? You must be on guard not to embarrass or harm your husband. It's better not to take sides in any argument. You know, um, you, you who have walked before me have taught me like, I don't, I, I honor my husband, I honor my family. I don't speak ill of my family and not in a way of hiding but in a way of being honest just about myself and not gossiping, right? Because if I start sharing too much about my husband, you know, I am gossiping. Um, there's nothing to be ashamed about in terms of what is is or is not going on in our family, but like he can speak for himself, you know, and I can speak for myself and talk about what's going on for me. And um, <clears throat> I think the most magnific- magnificent piece in this was talking about looking at things in a different light, and them opening up a path, which led to the discovery of God. One of my favorite speakers talks about my problem is not what's happening in my life, my problem is the judgment of the situation. And that's really hard for me to process because You know, I came into these rooms and I wanted Disneyland. I wanted like Orlando, like the biggest merry-go-round and all the, you know, candies and whatever to like live in bliss. And the promises offer me a new freedom and a new happiness. And a lot of that means looking at my life in a different light because (laughs) – I hate to admit it, but I'm not that good in the sense that if everything is going my way and smoothly, I don't naturally go to God, right? Like I start thinking, well, look at all the great things I'm doing, excuse me. And when, when hardships have come to me, it, it helps me see that my, my understanding of God can be limited. I can start thinking, well, if God's not giving me this stuff then clearly he doesn't exist and I'm done. But what I've seen is, and I'll just close with this, over periods of time that the calamity that has been brought to me has been in my head. And and the hardships I've walked through are possible, just like all of you have walked through through hardships. And what has happened is, by not eating and working the steps, my relationship and belief in a God and faith has deepened. And so that anything that happens in my life can turn into a blessing. And I'm going to keep showing up, God willing, and with that I pass. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Katie G. Melissa C., your turn, and then it'll be Lisa B.
6: Hi, good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive over here in New York. And just this text is just such a, um, a vital, a living text for me because it seems to apply to whatever's going on in my life. It's really um, ironic. Um, and, you know, like, so how does this apply to me and what I'm experiencing right now? Um, you know, we're told over and over that what we have is a form of insanity, you know, that um, this is a mental illness. And, um, and I'm, you know, in the throes right now of, of children that have mental illness. And, you know, one of which is my daughter, and she's in the hospital right now it's extremely painful and I have not wanted to be with people there's a level of shame and embarrassment and
7: and I know that I
6: owe her some respect to privacy so it's like I have to sort of balance what's keeping secret and what's respecting you know my 17 year old's right to privacy you know and um But I know that if I stay attached to shame, because there is a tremendous shame. Like, I know, like, you know, yeah, as a wife, you know, if your husband is drinking, there's shame and embarrassment of what your neighbors think. And as a mother of children who are not well, um, there's a lot of that, you know. And, um, but I can't, I know that's not God. You know, I know if I am really tethered to what other people are thinking about me, I'm not useful to my kids, and I'm not useful to other people and um and so i i I must see God in this and you know the thing that really I know for myself uh, my situation was seemingly hopeless. I had many you know tragedies that fell me and you know and then and morbid obesity seemed to be one of them and and it was seemingly hopeless and yet. Through my hopelessness, you know, we're told through our wounds, that's where God comes in. And, and I cannot believe how God has been walking with me through what has definitely been the most difficult period of my life. And God is right here. And, and like, <laughs> I know God's with my kids. I don't, they have their own higher power. Um, I can live, uh, you know, with humility. I can live in honesty. Um and like here's like the great incredible miracle, guys. And is that I have not eaten compulsively through the midst of all of this. Um, nor do I want to. And this morning I'm actually smiling, you know, so thank you. With that all pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa C. Lisa B. You're up and then it'll be Candace B.
8: Good morning. Uh, my name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and Greenville South Carolina and um, it was suggested I every now and then tell people I spell my name l-e-s-a and sometimes there's some confusion about that I'm so grateful for this reading this is the first time I'm really studying this chapter and I love the words that Bill uses um, I love the word atmosphere you will have created a new atmosphere and you know the atmosphere that I carried because this is an internal condition the atmosphere I carried around me was a very unpleasant, tense, unhappy atmosphere and other people felt that around me. And the synonyms for atmosphere um, would be undercurrent. And, you know, so they're describing to the wives here that if they... Um, start to adopt a spiritual way of life, their road will be smoother and a new atmosphere will be created. And I'm so grateful for the new atmosphere that is um, around me today as a result of doing the steps. I've tried so many outside things to get myself to be better, to feel better. I've tried self-improvement books, therapy, all kinds of things. And none of it worked. It wasn't until I was able to see and what I really am as a compulsive overeater and then then let the steps do for me. And then, you know, I love that it talks about, um, on the last reading, it opened up a path which led to the discovery of God. And that reminds me of that wonderful promise on page 100 in the chapter, Working With Others, that when we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. But I wasn't able to have that kind of faith until I took the action steps of of all 12 steps. Um, many times with doing the steps, I had to just do it not really feeling anything different, just keep doing it, that, that something would be created, a new environment, a new atmosphere would be created inside of me as a result of doing the steps. And then when it talked about we draw more and more into ourselves, and of course I know they're referring to a wife or the alcoholic husband, but... You know, I have lived my life drawing more and more into myself, and it's that bondage of self that is so painful that um I'm grateful to have that freedom today, but it's just one day at a time, sometimes it's one moment at a time, and utilizing the steps um, to free me of that bondage of self. It's that selfishness that keeps me in pain so and then I'll finally use your energies to promote a better understanding all around. And today, I do have um, positive energy around me. A synonym for energy would be vibrancy. I'm not a walking dead person. There is an aliveness in me that's, that's, um, that's useful, that I can be useful today. So with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Lisa B. Candace B. You're up. And then it'll be Pam R.
9: Hi this is Candice B um recovered uh, compulsive overeater in and food addict in the UK um this this is something that um brought to mind my husband uh, although he's not um addicted to substance um there have been occasions with anger and um um uh, sort of rage-aholic, if you like and um from from for I suppose a few years, really, I it was fear, and I would sort of like run around protect the children, even though he wasn't physically harmful. Um, but I remember thinking it was all him, and it was all and and it was sh- fear and shame and and running around. But the more I enlarged my spiritual life and and did did further step forward, and the more I realised actually, hang on a minute, there's a lot of this is me projecting onto him, making everything awful, and that kind of fear. Um, didn't help matters at all. Um, and actually, I I think that, you know, I held these projections of what he should be like and he shouldn't do this and he shouldn't have moods and all the rest of it. And, you know, really, he's not that, that rageful. It was all about me and my fear and my self-centeredness and what he's doing to me and the children. Um, and actually, the further work I did, um, the better it was because somehow keeping my side of the street clean a i wasn't reacting to him and therefore um he wasn't getting wasn't wasn't getting me to join in the toxic dance and he very very quickly had to then look at himself and b um i it wasn't rubbing off on the children and it was a uh, for me to have that spiritual work enables me and i think it's really on a moment by moment basis um for me the emotional sobriety um enabling me to make those micro decisions in my in myself so that okay hang on a minute what am i about to do here i'm about to project something onto him he shouldn't react like this shouldn't have a bad mood and poor me so i'm able to stop myself in those tracks and keep connected to my higher power and get that direction on a moment-by-moment basis so that um i don't react so much and i can respond and i can stay calm not always because I'm i'm a human being um but um this really made me see how um doing the work in ourselves um somehow takes the steam out of the other other person as well and the difference has been amazing really um and i'm not sure whether it's entirely because you know i'm i'm not putting i'm not giving back those barbs um or perhaps i'm it's given me a new pair of eyes to look at others with and and a little bit more compassion and love for them but um I, you know, certainly for me, the, the deeper the work and the deeper the spiritual connection, um, the better it is all around. So I'll pass with that. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Candice B. Pam R., it's your turn, and then it'll be Najia S.
10: Hi, this is Pam R. from Colorado. Um, the line that I have started with. Um, that speaks to me is that sometimes you must start life anew and then right directly after that I think that what speaks to me is it says we find that we must um, That most of this embarrassment is not necessary because that I know that I have a disease and When I don't take my treatment, which is the 12th step the disease is no longer in remission so it has nothing to do with being a weak character so if i do my treatment then um i get out of i get everything out of the way of of my relationship with god and then i get serenity and i get all the promises um divinity is within and so how to reach the one who still suffers is to be that precious child of god that we all are and don't be small um share experience, because that's how we reach the one who still suffers. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Pam R. Najia S., that's your turn.
4: Good morning, and thank you for your service. And um, thank you for everyone that's on the line. This morning, I'm guided to share on that last sentence of, um, the last paragraph read, which led to the discovery of god, and um you know, I had a god, I had a few gods, and a lot of them were um in that freezer uh on the left side of the wall, in the supermarket that I attend that I shop at, and then my other gods were in six, seven, eight, maybe aisle nine, in that supermarket those were the gods that I went to to um and then there were the men and there were other gods outside of the supermarket that I had but I had I had discovered a God that I thought would make it all better. I thought would ease the suffering in my soul and in my mind and in my heart. I thought Stella Dora would take care of that for me. I thought that maybe Mr. Kit Kat would do that for me. And and, and Ben and Jerry, and, um, and you guys know the rest. And, and and those gods did work. They did. They um, increased my weight. They took away my self-esteem. Gods are
11: powerful.
4: Gods are very powerful. And those gods had the power to just rip my soul away from me, and, and it affected my family. It affected my friends. It affected my work. And if those gods... Did a a lot. And it wasn't until I came in, and 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 I knew about, I mean, I was raised, you know, in religion. But I didn't have spirituality. I had religion. And when God allowed me to hit a bottom and come into these rooms and sit in the chair, because the first time I came in, I sat at the edge of the chair and decided I didn't need to be here. But when God in his grace and mercy allowed me to hit a bottom, I came in and I sat back. And I began to listen. And I began to go to that God that I had been taught about. And I began to work these steps. And that God today, that God works also. But that God does the opposite of what the gods in aisle 6, 7, and 8 did. I have a peace today. Not only do I have a freedom from being obsessed by the food, not only do I have a freedom from the cravings, I am free. I have peace of mind today. And I have a way of life that allows me to bring peace into
1: the environments
4: that I work and live in, play in, etc. I have a God today that has delivered me away from and into a way of life that gets my soul right, gets my mind right, and that came through the steps. So I get to choose which God I serve today. I get to choose which God, which which power, <laughs> which higher power, am I going to serve? Time and which? Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Nigia S. And if you came on a little late this morning or a little later. We are in the chapter to wives. We started on page 114. Someone is unmuted. We started on page 114 with the third paragraph, but sometimes you must start life anew. And we read through seven paragraphs this morning, ending with which led to the discovery of God, which is on page 116, the first full paragraph. And who else would like to share this morning?
12: Naomi B.
0: Naomi. Reva, Reva P. Barbara. Okay. Barbara. Naomi, Reva, Barbara. Anyone else? Okay, well, we'll go with that. Naomi B., you're up. Thanks,
6: Followed Monica.
0: Good by... Go ahead.
13: Go ahead. <laughs> Good morning, family. This is Naomi, be a grateful, recovered, compulsive, river eater outside Philadelphia. Well, sadly to say, this was something that I lived. Then that terrible tension with grips the home of every problem drinker will be lessened. Well, that wasn't the case with this problem eater, <laughs> that's for sure. And you know, I just I look back and I kind of cringe, but I couldn't I I couldn't help myself, and I really didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, The captives I held in this home with my two precious daughters and my husband. I mean, you know, was I sane? Was I insane? They never knew who they were dealing with. And their lives were always constructed around that, wherever we would go. Well, we'd have to go someplace first. We'd have to go someplace um, uh, shopping first and then eating second because the food wouldn't stay through my body. It would just run out and And this is how we lived. This is how we lived, because you know it was so eloquently just put as far as the god's small g of my life was that big white thing in my kitchen, and that's all that that's all that mattered to me. Yes, I you know um I took care of the family, I took care of other people's children, but boy, when it came to uh Satisfying myself. I know how to do it. And thank you, God. I had an Ebby Thatcher that came into my home one day to borrow a pie dish of all crazy things. And I commented on her weight loss. I said, How did you do it? And she told me, Overeaters Anonymous. And for it opened up a path which led to the discovery of God. I was always a believer. I believed in God. But you see, I had two gods. I had the God that I worshipped on Sunday morning, and then I had the small g God that I worshipped every day through the week. Thank you, God, it's not that way today. I have one God, capital G, and this is who I worship. And the food is secondary. Everything is secondary. But the most, the most, absolute most important thing in my life, and this is what I will say to hopefully, well, just for today, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, that God is the most important thing in my life. Thank you for allowing me to share it. I pass.
0: Thank you, Naomi B.
12: Reva P., you're up, and then it'll be Barbara E. Good morning. This is Reva P, Grateful Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. The first few paragraphs talk a lot about embarrassment and isolating as a result of being embarrassed. And I know what that's like for myself. And this disease was my biggest secret. And I was so ashamed about what I was doing with food. I didn't know I didn't know it was an illness. And it says more than once You know, this is an illness and you're dealing with a sick person. Um, And all I know is I cannot shame myself into putting down the food and I can't shame myself into letting go of defects. Um, That's just really self-will in another form. Um, And the biggest uh, miracle is admitting um, what I do with food, what I do with my behaviors, and putting it through the light of the steps, um, so that things can be transformed. Um, and I have to remember that other people, all other people to a certain extent, uh, have their own shortcomings, um, whether they're addicts or not. Um, and the, the ending paragraphs remind me, you know, better understanding all around, which reminds me, patience, tolerance, and love. And to let my family, my husband, my kids go through whatever they need to go through without definitely without shaming them or controlling or trying to fix um, and trusting that we all need to do whatever we need to do in terms of getting through stuff, and we come out the other side. And I just find it so hopeful um, for myself and for people who I am dealing with um, that these challenges open up a path to, dis- to the discovery of God, and I never came here to discover God, I really came here to get the food in place, um, but I've learned that that is the solution, the things that I think are the, the worst in my life, and I'm certainly going through my challenges now, um, it just reminds me to trust, to just trust that if I follow the steps and the path, I get to the other side, and um, yeah, things turn out to be blessings in hindsight, and with that I pass. Thank you, Reva P.
0: Barbara E., it's your turn.
14: Good morning, and thank you so much. I assume I can be heard. Um, Mm -hmm. Our earlier reader said it was better to look good rather than feel good, and not to air your dirty linen in public. That didn't apply to me. I neither looked good nor felt good. My arrogance combined with my lack of self-esteem made me think that when I walked into a room filled with people, they were all talking about me, and it wasn't good. My husband did have to lie to people about why I didn't show up at social affairs. I was too embarrassed to show my obese, disgusting body, my thoughts. My kids did have to be protected protected from me, from my poor eating habits, my poor body image, which I conveyed to them, and my emotional outburst. My husband should have been able to explain by um, telling people why I wasn't there. But I would have been so angry, so appalled, so humiliated, so retaliating that he did not dare. Every calamity that I experienced did bring me closer to the desperation that I, that needed me to accept OA and the 12 steps of the program. In spite of everything I'd heard, um, I did not want to be reminded me, remind me of my eating behaviors. Leave me alone, mom. Leave me alone, husband. Leave me alone, friends. I had to come to O.A. on my own. I couldn't be heard. God was always there with me. I just couldn't hear the answer. I prayed for the wrong thing, but I knew that somehow, some change would have to be effected. I had to finally accept the possibility that O.A. In spite of what I'd heard, and what I'd heard that it was that it was all about praying holding hands, lighting candles, and singing Kumbaya, some of which was true. But I learned that I could construct my own concept of God. And now, today, 20 years later, I eat in front of people, unashamed, and happy to say the simple words, no thank you, and quietly, thank you, God. And I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara E. And who else would like to share this morning? Who else would like to share this morning?
4: Tenzin P. Tenzin.
0: Somebody is unmuted, and we can hear you rustling and... Please check your phones, everyone. Who else would like to share this morning? All right, go ahead, Tensin P., and we'll go from there.
11: Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is a rich chapter, and um, as other people have shared, it's really the first time I've paid attention to it. Um, I, I have both sides of the street. I have been... Uh, you know, quote, unquote, the wife. And uh, in other words, uh, the person in relationship with someone who is in active addiction. And, um, you know, thank you, God, that I was able to you know, uncover and discover and admit that I had active addiction myself. So uh, it was it was friends of ours 36 years ago that pointed me in the direction of Al-Anon because they saw things that I couldn't really see looking at my behavior and looking at um, my partner at the time. And it was six months in, in that program, my closest friend there saw my behavior at parties and she thought that I would do well to come to OA. And I really couldn't see why but it didn't take long for me to understand coming to OA that that here was my root problem and um, so I just I feel a lot of gratitude for all of all of this and all the shares today and I will say this is a very strange thing that at the same time this um, ex-boyfriend who I hadn't been in touch with for a long time started, writing to me about a year ago and it turns out that uh finally um he lost his license because of drinking and he was uh remanded or whatever's the word to go to AA meetings every week and i've just asked him you know how's it going and he thinks it's nonsense okay so i'm just reading the chapter not only from my own side of the street as an addict but looking for you know So what, if anything, can I take from this uh, with wisdom about what to say or not to say that I would uh, go over with my, you know, uh, recovering uh, fellows first? But um, mm, I think that's all I have to share. Thank you very much. So grateful to be uh, in recovery. Thank you, Tenzin P.,
0: And we are reading from page 114, the third paragraph. We read through the first full paragraph on page 116. And who else would like to share this morning? We've got time for a few more. Russ M.
7: Jamie Z from Chicago.
0: Uh, Russ M. And then please say that again from Chicago. Jamie Z. Jamie Z. Okay. Russ, Jamie, anybody else? My we are getting a little short of time. Let's go with that. Russ, you're up.
15: Good morning, Monica. First seven i cover compulsive over a outside of Philly. Hey, how's everybody doing today? I hope great. So in one of those seven paragraphs, it says, be careful not to be resentful, right? So I think of my wife you know, going through this chapter. You know, she never exposed me to anybody. Although, you know, people saw by my body and my behavior that there was something up, something was going on. But she never sabotaged me. She never put me out there. She never gossiped anybody. I mean, how strong is is she, really? I mean, it's incredible. You know, being out of the food and going over this chapter now, now I could see what a blessing my wife has been to me. Even when she kicks me in the pants, and I don't like to hear what she has to say. It's incredible love you know it's incredible and her by her hanging in there all these years and trying and you know protecting my kids protecting herself from my craziness but also trying to make a way trying to figure something out that would help me she didn't know either you know it's like they knew something was up but they didn't realize that it was this disease neither did i until i came in really into programming but she always was there to help me never sabotaged a meal always try to put something there that would help me move forward. And then I it says be careful not to be resentful. If I was her, I'd be really pissed off at me. So, you know, I think of a blessing that she is, you know. And she is she has some resentments to me, but it's like it's getting better. It's getting better. Just just like that last part, you know, uh it's leading to the discovery of God. But not just for her and not just for me, but for both of us and for our family and for our friends and people around us, you know, we're, we're it, it, it's changing, you know, it's changing for the better. So I just wanted to share that, that, you know, I'm, I'm really a, you know, you want to say blessed, but sometimes I think I'm like, yo, I'm lucky. She stuck around and she loved me enough, even in my sickness. So it's, it's, it's beautiful. And I'm grateful to God for this program and for you guys, too. Have a beautiful day, okay? God bless you.
0: Thank you, Russ M. And Jamie Z., it's your turn.
7: Hi, everybody. This is Jamie Z. from Chicago, compulsive overeater, bulimic. Um, yeah, this is a lot of good shares today. I th- This reading reminded me of the uh, embarrassment and... Um, secret lies that I read, um, in my disease, um, my family wanted to poke their head in the sand, I think. And, uh, and let's just not talk about it and maybe it'll go away. And I didn't know at the time for many, many, many years that there was even a problem. And I thought nobody knew about it in my family, but they all did. And, um, they were worried about me when I was anorexic. And, of course, they knew that there was a problem. Everybody knew. And um, they would talk about it amongst themselves, but not to me. And then when I was became obese, eventually, um, they talked about that, too. <laughs> so, um, but not to me. Um, but everybody you know was uh, the brunt of my emotional basket case uh living and um, thank goodness eventually here i mean i've been since I was fourteen living in this disease and i'm fifty eight now and I have just recently, in the last few years, come to this program, and I'm so grateful that um, I've always believed in God, and but I don't think I had a relationship with God like I have now, and that I found God in a different way. And through the help of this program and um, these meetings and working the steps and, and uh it's just beautiful the recovery even in the short amount of time that i've found recovery that i have not had cravings and i have been relieved of the obsession and it's i'm so grateful i'm just so grateful and i thank everyone for their shares and thank you for your service Monica and with uh, that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Jamie Z. And we've got time for one more quick share. We've got two minutes. Leon Who would B. like it? Say that again.
16: Leon B. Leon B.
0: Leon B. It's yours.
16: You know, I reading, reading the second paragraph. your husband is a drinker, you probably worry over what—what? What, oh, excuse me, over what other people are thinking. And I came home last night from. Um, a wonderful weekend with some beautiful people and i walked in singing this song that i learned um about the oa retreat oa retreat and um and i was singing it and my wife changed the lyrics and she said away retreat away retreat i said no it's away and she said you don't want to go singing that and i said why and i gave her a look i said are you ashamed of your husband and, um, and I wasn't mad or anything. She just gave me a look, and I said, sweetie, I am not ashamed of this. If it was not for this, I would not be the man you're looking at right now this minute. And I learned over the weekend that I could be happy just being who I am. I saw so much happiness, and it just permeated my my, my soul. I'm just so full this week just so full this morning by what I observed and what I was a part of, that this movement, um, this, a vision for you and what it's done for me. And I'm just really calling this morning to testify that we shouldn't be ashamed. And I told my wife, don't worry about me. Don't worry about what people think. I am not ashamed of, of what I am and I, and and who I have become is because of what I am. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for this, this fellowship, I talked to people this weekend that I probably would have never talked to, and they hugged me, and, and they, I heard my story come out of their mind. They look nothing like me, opposite gender, not even the same culture, nothing like me, but we share that common bond, and I'm so thankful for this program. I'm so thankful for a vision for you, and I just, and I, I could just sing it to the world. I'm not ashamed of being a compulsive over here. No more will I walk in shame. Amen. Excuse me. Perfect.
0: Thank you, Leon B., and thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. Please join us for a second, unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Monday, September 17th, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 11,922-11922. 11, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Martha Z, will you please read for us from A Vision for You?
17: Thank you, Monica. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive reader by the grace of God from near Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.